45 of the Shark Bites podcast, the podcast that has been on hiatus for several months, but now we're back and we're very excited to be joined by the CEO of Cutthroat Comics, Josh Nealis. Uh, Josh, thank you for taking the time and uh, joining me today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate uh, you having me on. So the reason uh, that you're coming on with me today, because uh, I think you were uh, you were referred to me by uh jb is that correct uh it might have been him or steve it was yeah it was either you, him or steve because you know we we uh you know we talk a lot and we uh you and you've been on both of their shows yeah uh, obviously talking about tales from the podcast and and retro redoctopus um because you've got a uh you've got a kickstarter going uh and it's a very interesting name, and I'm very curious as to the origins of it. Because you are, uh, you are putting out Turkey Sharks Number One, which is described as an offbeat superhero story, the culmination of six years of comic book publishing. So, tell me a little bit about where this idea came from. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, as it said there, it's, it's six years of comic publishing. So this is the 10th comic book that I've written and published. Um, so we've done three series and three issues of each series. So that'd be nine for the math geniuses out there. Um, so we had Stingray one through three, uh, which was the, he's kind of, he's kind of my main character in all my comics. Uh, we had Pedal Man and Kid Friendly one through three which is very slapstick, very silly, very Mel Brooks and family guy. Um, and then we had Ginger Avenger one through three. And now we have Turkey Sharks number one, which is my Avengers basically. So this is where they all get together and fight evil alongside one another. So where did the name come from? Um, oddly, <laughs> my kid is, uh, he's almost seven now. He'll be seven in March, but, uh, when he, I, this was like yeah, maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. I can't remember. He was singing that baby shark song. No, no, actually this was like two years ago, but he was singing that baby shark song. And I'd been trying to find a name for my superhero team. And, and I had a bunch of them. I was running through and I just couldn't find one I liked. And I call him Turkey. Like, you know, when he's doing whatever, I'm like, Hey, Turkey, come in here. So I started singing turkey shark do 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 and i was like huh i was like it kind of has kind of a nice ring to it the turkey sharks um so i ended up making a character named the turkey shark and she was in one of the books and so the team is named after her okay that's pretty cool i like that you know sort of like the uh you know the avengers are named after carol dan versus you know call sign as a as a pilot right if you watch the uh, the mcu films mm -hmm. um i think that makes that makes sense um so you've uh, you've got about because uh, we're recording this on the 12th you've got about three weeks left uh and you've already hit your goal um so it's gonna it's gonna come out you know people who have gotten you know who have chosen their perks uh they're getting everything um and you know it's you know pretty uh pretty straightforward you know you can get uh, a digital copy or you can get the physical copy uh the breakfast club cover the brian silverbacks cover uh like there's all different uh for 22 dollars, you can get all four covers which i think is a great uh, a great deal and you know you've got the for 40 dollars, you get 10 physical copies of every comic in the in your your universe which i think is uh, a great great uh option um like that's fantastic like and you've like i said you've already hit your you've already hit your goal so whatever stuff people have signed up for they they're definitely going to get it because you've already gotten the goal so that's awesome because uh, there are so many of these products uh projects that you know you think are gonna are, are gonna end up being you know funded and you it's like oh this is gonna be great and then 
they just missed their goal and everything or, you know, yeah, this is, this is my first one, you know, so I've been doing this six years and, you know, I've seen a bunch of my friends do these and have success with it. Um, granted our goal was very conservative. I wanted to make sure I hit it. Uh, cause I've been paying for these out of pocket and mm-hmm. it, you know, it actually takes about, you know, three to four grand per book to get it out into the world. Um, but you know, I wanted to do one of these. I wanted to, uh, tap into the Kickstarter fan base and stuff like that. Um, and also get some pre-sales. So, so it makes it easier for me to start, uh, you know, making these and getting them out quicker. But, uh, we hit, we hit that goal in less than 48 hours, which I was very proud of. Um, it was like 47 hours. We hit, you know, 500 bucks. Now we're over 600 and we're starting to do the stretch goals and all that. But, you know, I try to keep, you know, like, like you said, I've got some good deals on there. I try to keep my books affordable, you know, as, as affordable as I can at this level. Um, because my theory is I would rather sell a hundred books and make a hundred dollars than sell 30 books and make $112. You know, it just, to me, it makes sense to, to sell more products now and gain more fans and get it in the hands of people. Cause that's what it's about. I mean, money is great. Making money is awesome. And I would love to do this as my real job like quit my real job and do this. That would be fantastic. Um, but ultimately when you're doing art, your first goal, and I guess it, it differs person to person, but my first goal is to get it in the hands of people so that they can see, you know, the stories I'm writing. Cause I mean, if you write a story and keep it to yourself, then kind of what's the point, I guess. I mean, some people I'm sure probably do that for their own uh, mental health, I guess. But for me, I want to share my stories with people. I want to make people laugh and feel something and learn and think. So that's what it's really about uh, on its base. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you have a, a good story to tell, um, you know, making it affordable is, you know, one of the best ways to go. Like the first book I ever published uh, ended up being sold for like $20. And it's like, why the hell is somebody going to buy something from me that they, they've never, somebody they've never heard of when they can get, you know, a Stephen King book for eight bucks? You know, like what, why would you pay $20 for some unknown author? Right. And then the publisher was like, oh, we're not, you know, you're not selling a lot of these. So we're going to charge $30. And it's like, that seems counterintuitive to me because if it's not selling at 20, why would you like increase the price by 50%? Uh, Well, and you know, it's, it is tough because, you know, I write real books too. And and the the overhead on those, I mean, they're kind of expensive, honestly, to have printed Um, and, and comics kind of are too, unless you're ordering a lot. Um, you know, they're still kind of expensive. I sell my comics for five bucks each off the website. Then of course you have to pay shipping and stuff. When I do cons, I, I put them up to $6 each, but then I tell people, you know, if you buy three or more, then I'll knock it down to five. Um, and ultimately that's still cheaper than buying it off the website. Cause you have to pay shipping, unfortunately. Um, so there's not a whole lot I can do about that. My prices are as competitive as I can be. Um, I think most of my books are $10, which I think is very fair. Uh, you know, I'm really only making a couple bucks per book. Um, and then I think Hellscape, which is my newest book, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger of a book than the other one. So that one's 15, but still, I think even at $15, I mean, that's, that's a pretty damn good price. Yeah. Especially at a, at a convention, you know, if you're, if you're at a con, you know, and you know, what with the last year and a half, you know, I haven't gone to any cons, uh, but you know, we have a couple that are coming up and, you know, being part of the new England horror writers myself, like trying to sell your books and be competitive because it's not, you know, you're not just trying to sell, you know, yourself, your, your work. Uh, you're also trying to be competitive with everything else that's at a convention. And most people, you know, aren't looking for books you know, they're looking for movies or, or autographs or, or things like that. So it's a lot harder because books are, you know, such a such a medium that people are less likely to get them. You know, comics, I think, are a little easier because it's like, oh, great, you know, pictures and, and things like that. Um, 
a lot of people don't have the attention span anymore to sit down and read a, you know, 400 page book. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a commitment to buy a book. So anytime I sell one of my real books, I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. Um, cause yeah, I mean, you know, a movie or even a CD or, or a comic takes like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, a book is multiple hours of sitting and reading. So it, it's a big commitment from people. Um, and I get that, you know, myself, I, I don't sit down and just read every book that, that I can find. And then also you have to remember at these cons and stuff, I mean, very small amount of people are actually walking into that con going, boy, I hope I find an indie artist that I like today. You know, you have to really do your song and dance to, to get people to check out your stuff, which is fine. And that's just the way it is. So, um, but yeah, I mean, most people are, yeah, like you said, they're going to buy, you know, art prints or toys or, you know, some, they're buying comic, like Marvel DC comics, stuff like that. They're not looking for cutthroat comics that they've never heard of. So, yeah, see, that's why, you know, being an independent art, uh, creator myself, you know, when my wife and I will go to uh, go to conventions, you know, because we have the podcast, you know, we have I do this one. Then we have throw it on Thursday. We do a sports show, you know, and, you know, I write myself. So when we go, it's like, OK, you know, these guys like, yeah, it'd be cool to maybe get an interview with somebody. But at the same time, it's like, let's go talk to some of these independent creators. Let's talk to, you know, people, you know, like you, like Cutthroat Comics, you know, and, you know, you never know where, where that's going to lead, you know, how, how is that going to, uh, you know, you can mutually uh, help each other, you know, like, you know, you're on this podcast, like, yeah, I don't have a huge reach, but like, you know, I'm trying to do my best to help promote you. And, you know, you promote me by saying like, hey, I was on this show. So like we're, you know, uh, I like I always say, a rising tide lifts all boats. Like we're all helping each other, especially in the independent community where we don't have the resources of like a Marvel or a Disney or a DC Warner Brothers. You know, we don't just have limited funds. You know, if we do something and we invest, you know, a significant amount of money into it and it doesn't work, it doesn't, you know, succeed. It's not like, oh, well, we, we can just just do another one. It's no big deal. You know, like if you do a, a terrible movie for Warner Brothers, you're still going to put out more movies. You know, if you or I put out like a, uh, you know, a, a, an unpopular book or, you know, an unpopular comic or anything. People are going to be like, oh, I remember that. That was terrible. Like, I'm not going back to this, you know, and then we're we're, we're kind of out of luck because, you know, like you, I would love to do this just professionally like have this be my my nine to five so to speak but it's difficult especially uh as an independent creator so when you first got into creating your comics you know knowing that you would have all these challenges what was it that kind of drove you and made you you know sort of uh persevere against the odds um well i mean Pretty much every interview I've done uh, over the past six years, I always mentioned that I was in a band first, um, and that really taught me that most of the time you're going to get no. You're going to be told no a thousand times to every one or two times you hear yes. Uh, so I have pretty thick skin, you know, and the failures don't really get to me um, because I understand that. You know, it, it takes time to build a fan base. You you can't just go in and expect to sell a thousand books overnight. It just it's not going to happen. You know, unless you're you know publishing through Penguin or one of the other big ones. Um, so you just kind of you almost kind of have to stay humble and focused. I guess would be the thing. You have to realize that you're a very small fish in a very large pond, and all you have to do is just keep swimming. Just as Dory says in the old. Uh, Finding Nemo, he's mm -hmm. bad at it, you know, and sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose. And most of the time you're going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I told a buddy of mine went to a con with me a couple weeks ago. It was the first time he'd ever been to a con <clears throat> and it went okay. You know, it wasn't the best con ever. Definitely wasn't the worst. I was kind of telling him, I was like, dude, I went up 
when I first started this, I think it was like the, maybe the second or third con I ever did. And it was up in Michigan. Uh, it was like maybe north of Detroit, I think is where it was at, something like that. And it was it was sad. It was a Saturday and Sunday show, I think. So there was hotel stay plus the table. You know, you're you're I was a couple couple hundred dollars into it. And we sat there all weekend. I sold a comic one. It was I mean, I was very discouraged. But like I said, I've got thick skin and I find motivation in my losses probably more than I do in the wins because at my core, I'm kind of a jerk in the sense that if you look over me or discount me, then that's my motivation to prove you wrong. And I mean, just like anybody else, I've got a lot of people to prove wrong. So that, that's part of my motivation. Yeah. And I, I think one of the, the best things to remember is, you know, there is nothing that has universal popularity, no matter what it is. Like, you're always going to find someone, you know, you'll have 50 people that are like, man, Citizen Kane was so good. And you're going to have, you know, another 50 like, yeah, but how did she hear him say Rosebud? Nobody heard him say that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, yeah, but that's, you know, like. Yeah, I've actually never seen that one. I need to, I need to watch it. I know it's like the super like famous movie. Isn't it pretty long, though? Yeah, it's a, it's a couple hours long, but there are there are a couple of shots in that film, like there's a shot where the camera goes through like a stained glass window in one continuous shot, and it's amazingly done, especially for when this film was made. It's yeah, like, that's a what is that sixties? I think it's earlier than that. I think because it's a young. Let me look. Uh, fortunately, I have a device that has all of the world's knowledge at my fingertips. Uh, yeah. I mean, what you were saying, like I grew up and hook is one of my favorite movies. And I found out like just a handful of years ago that a lot of people don't like hook. And I was like, what really? That's like one of the best movies ever. Forrest yeah. Gump. Some people don't like Forrest Gump. It's like, it's an amazing movie. It's a beautiful story. Uh, uh, Stephen Kane came out in 1941. Oh, geez. Wow. Uh, yeah. That, is that shot is even more impressive. So yeah, that, that movie's 80 years old. I just think about Gee, yeah, it's older than Spider Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's older. It's probably it's older than Captain America. It, I think Captain America is like 44 or 43 or something like that. Uh, forty one, same year. Oh, okay. Uh, older than older than Batman. I think actually, I think Batman. Uh, came I think Batman was like thirty eight or something like that. I think. Yeah, because I know I know Superman and Batman came out within a few years of each other. Like Namor yeah. the Submariner was like nineteen thirty nine as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, is it predates Spider-Man by 20 years, right? More people know who Spider-Man is than Charles Foster Kane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know. I need to watch it. I think it's on one of the streaming services. I'm almost positive. I've seen it. And I was like, I should, I, it's one of those movies uh, for years. I've been like, I need to watch that because it gets referenced all the time and I've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the Simpsons did a version of it uh, when Mr. Burns was looking for his uh, his bear Bobo. Yeah, you can get it on. Uh, it's on uh, HBO Max. You That's can right where it. I saw it. I, yep, I have HBO Max. So. Yep, you can stream it through there. One of I, these have, uh, I have this app called Just Watch that tells you where you can stream anything. Oh, cool! Yeah, because I I googled uh, my son and I on on the nights he's here. Usually at about eight o'clock, we get in bed, and I buy all the old cartoons from when I was a kid, like on DVD, and I make him watch them. And most of the time, he likes them. But we started Defenders of the Earth. Uh, this week was it this week yeah and uh so on on i had him monday wednesday and then friday i'll have him tomorrow um so we watched we've probably watched five or six episodes and he was like i really like the phantom so i googled you know the movie phantom to see where it was streaming and it's on i think it's on prime so on friday nights he and i watch a new movie that he's never seen so tomorrow night is going to be the phantom nice i think he'll be excited to see that that's uh I'm trying to remember. That's the one with Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it for a long time. I remember thinking it was pretty cool when you know because it came out in like what '98, something like that. Maybe I think, I think earlier than that. Somewhere around there. I can't. I can't remember. I want to say '93. Hold on. Let's let's. <laughs> was it before or after Titanic? It must have been before. 1996. Yep. 
So, yeah. I mean, I am... I have encountered Billy Zane at a couple of conventions. I am not a fan. Oh, really? Of, of him in, in particular. Uh, I just found out today that they're making a MacGruber TV show for like Peacock TV, I guess. And he is the bad guy. He's going to be the bad guy. And that, I tell you what, MacGruber is one of probably the most underrated comedies probably ever because nobody really ever talks about it. And I absolutely thought it was hilarious. I think Will Forte is a genius. Oh yeah, I yeah. loved Will Forte. Like Nebraska was a fantastic movie. You ever seen that one? No, I haven't. But I oh, just I like him as a voice actor. Yeah, um, like he's great in uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which also has Bill Hader and Anna Faris and Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. See, this is what I was talking about. Like we're gonna, we'll, yeah, we're, like veering off the conversation. Did you did you watch uh what is it Last Man on Earth is that what the show is called that he was on? I have not seen that. Oh, I that's know. good. That's good too. It's really yeah, funny that as well. Yeah, and that's it's streaming somewhere. I think I can't remember where it's streaming. That's really I think it ran like four seasons, something like that. It's really funny. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to take a look. Uh, there's just there's there are so many shows now, and there's so many things that come out. That it's it's hard yeah. to keep up. It's like, oh, have you seen this? No, have you seen that? No, it's like it, it's impossible, man. It really is. Yeah, people tell just like I told you, you may go watch it, you might not. You know what I mean? People tell me, oh, you gotta watch this or that, and it's like, dude, I I'm barely getting through the shows that I already watched. For me, it has to be one has to get canceled or end before I kind of start a new one, or I have to like be caught up, which is a rarity. See, with me, it and my wife does this as well. Like we will. We have our, you know, sort of comfort food shows like we will, you know, we're, we're in the midst of rewatching Bob's Burgers again. Um, we just recently went through Futurama. You know, I'm I, I've because she's not a huge fan, but I've been going through uh, the Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. I've seen a little bit of, of that. Not a big fan of, of the other two really that much. No, and, then, and that's yeah. fine. Like, that's why they make chocolate and vanilla, you know, like right. not everything is going to have universal popularity. Although like oddly, I, I can, cause I've seen Futurama. I've probably seen, I don't know, 15, 20 episodes maybe. I mean, it's, it's okay. But uh, the one cover of Turkey Sharks is, uh, has one of our new characters and it's Zebo, the drunk homeless robot. And uh, I showed my one buddy. I was like, "Yeah, it's you know, Zebo the drunk homeless robot." He's like, "Oh, kind of like Bender." And I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, I forgot about Bender." And I was like, "Yeah, not really, but a little." I guess not a drinking robot on Futurama, but they're, they're not the same. Well, I mean, technically, because we we actually uh, on Throwdown Thursday we just covered Bender a few weeks ago. Bet uh, all the robots are fueled by alcohol, mm. so. <laughs> It's not just that he's like, you know, he drinks all the time and he's it's like, oh, it's like, what are you drinking for? It's like, oh, because that's how I, I get powered. Well, what's a cigar for? Ah, oh, to make me look cool. You know, so <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love Futurama. Um, yeah, because Bender's got that kind of like, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a New York accent necessarily, but he's kind of got a rough and tumble kind of accent. Yeah, he's a uh, John DiMaggio. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny. Good. What were you going to say? Was it Joe DiMaggio or is it John? John DiMaggio. Okay, I know Joe DiMaggio is the baseball player. I thought they had the same name. No, it's uh, John DiMaggio. He's also uh, he does the voice of uh, Jake the dog on Adventure Time. He does. Uh, he's the king on um, Disenchantment, which is another Matt Groening show. Uh, he also does the voice of I think his name is Marcus Phoenix in the Gears of War uh, games. Okay. Uh, he's got a very, I think, in yeah, he's got a very, uh, you know, uh, noticeable voice. Uh, he's re- recognizable. That's the word I wanted to use. Yeah, I know. I know. I've seen his name in a, you know a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, he's he's one of the better voice actors around. Um, I I'm a huge fan of voice actors, and like after a while, when you hear somebody for long enough, you're like, okay, I know who this is. Yeah, you can watch it a thousand times, even though their voices sound nothing alike. Yep, all the people from Teen Titans Go, they're all great. Yep. And they're all in everything, it seems like. They're all all over the place. Yeah, it's a very close-knit community. Um, I got the chance to interview, uh, well, not interview, like I met uh, 
Maurice LaMarche, who does fucking everything. Like he was a brain on Pinky and the Brain. Like his main. Oh, okay. Yep. I know you're talking about is, he does uh, Orson Welles. Like he does this amazing Orson Welles impression. And he's done it on like four or five different shows. You know, Simpsons, Futurama, uh, The Critic, that show that was only on. Oh, I like that show. That was a good one. And I, I'm, you know, talking to him. He's signing something for us. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I loved when you were Orson Welles on The Critic and you were doing the Frozen Peas thing. And he like broke into the, he just did the bit as Orson Welles for me, where it's like, uh, Rosebud frozen peas full of country goodness and green penis. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, I'm not. He actually, during during quarantine last year, he actually made a live action version of it, like in his living room, which was nice. amazing. Um, so I, think that guy was, I think he was at a con I did. Can't remember. He was at uh, last year. It was Terrificon with Rob Paulson, who was uh, who played Pinky among many many others oh yeah I, I see when you say the names i recognize them because i do all these cons and i see the names and all that so and phil lamar who yep does tons of voice acting yeah people don't realize like they don't remember phil lamar it's like phil lamar was marvin in pulp fiction he's the guy that travolta shot in the face yeah, he was on mad tv wasn't he yeah after yeah. after that like he was he was at a con I did. I can't remember if I spoke to him or not. I feel like I did because when you said Phil and Lamar, I wanted to say, oh, he's a nice guy. So I must have spoken to him. I remember seeing him for sure. So, yeah, where was that? Was that Cleveland? It might have been Wizard World Cleveland. I can't remember. Yeah, but he he, he does a lot. Um, you know, there's a uh, Kevin Conroy is another guy, obviously, you know. Uh, I actually want to meet him. Very badly because uh, Pedo Man and Kid Friendly uh, Two is a spoof cover of Mask of the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it's the same thing, but it's got my character with the Batman cape on, and I want to put it in front of him and see if I can get him to sign it, just to see if he'll do it. He probably would. I mean, he's yeah. he seems like a pretty uh, a pretty good guy. Like you know, generally these folks, if you bring something, they will sign it. You know, especially mm -hmm. if it's something, you know. Uh, you know, of of an interest that they have, like uh, at Rock and Chalk, which is a, a now defunct uh, horror con that happens, you know, around here uh, every every October. Um, we're getting ready for it, my wife and I, and we ended up uh, watching and uh, reading the autobiography for Kane Hodder. Okay, I found out that he is a huge huge like geography and cartography nerd like that's what he studied in college he has a degree in cartography interesting <laughs> so i had bought uh a uh specifically so i could you know kind of almost like bribe him to come on the podcast i was like hey you know uh i'm not buying anything from you but i have something for you he's like oh what do you got i'm like it's a replica map of the moon from the 1800s and he's like oh my god he's just like you've got this, this whole line behind it and he's just like pouring over it he goes oh look at that that's oh look at this over here it's like oh and it was like the coolest thing it's like that's that, that's jason and he's just like yeah that's funny um but speaking of cons you've got a couple coming up um this is going to air after um after free comic book day, yeah. After free comic book day, uh, but September seventeenth and eighteenth looks like you're going to be in at the Monroe Pop Fest in Monroe, Michigan. Yeah, that's a really good one too. This will be the third time uh, in a row, technically. Yeah, technically, because last year I was supposed to be there, but it got canceled. Like mm -hmm. the world, the entire world got canceled last year. Yeah, um, we all got me tooed pretty much. Um, that, yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, Doug Jones is going to be at that one. I think he's like the main guy. Nice. Uh, who else? There's a couple, couple Power Rangers. Um, James O'Barr will be there. Uh, There's generally a lot of Power Rangers at, at conventions. There's at least two or three, like everywhere, every convention I go to. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I want to meet Zach. That's, I don't really get into celebrities that much necessarily, but I, I, I saw that he's going to be at one somewhere today and I was like, man, I might geek out a little bit if i met that dude he'd be, he'd be one. 
it 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 all depends on you know you got to hope you're catching these people on a good day mm-hmm. i had an experience with somebody that is like massive in the sci-fi community and it was like such it's like oh i just want to meet this guy and he basically just like played on his phone and completely ignored me while i was talking to him because i wasn't spending a hundred dollars for an autograph yeah yeah that's uh like i said I, i'm not a big celebrity fan I mean, I don't know. They're just to, uh, the way I see it. They're people just like us. You know, they just happen to have done some cool stuff and have cooler jobs. Um, most of the celebrities I've ever met, it's been in bathrooms, like at these cons. Uh, a certain wrestling announcer guy almost peed on my foot. Like I was I was talking to him at the stall next to me and I looked down and then I see some dribbles almost hit my shoe. And I was I was about to be like, damn, like. This guy, who I won't say, almost pissed on my shoe. I've told people in person. I'll tell you <laughs> off air, but oh yeah, 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 no. Um, Sam Levine, I've seen him in the bathroom a couple times. It was World a couple years ago. It's like so. It's just such. Uh, what my one buddy was in the bathroom with Henry Winkler. It's just it's funny. Uh, what's his name? Aquaman. Um, I passed him twice at two different cons going to the bathroom. Like was six inches away from me pretty much and uh i know what was it a couple christmases ago i was standing in the kitchen at my grandma's house and my aunt said something about jason momoa and every time i hear his name i'm like you know i've been with it within six inches of him twice and like all the girls in the room are like you have tell me everything about it that's <laughs> it's so funny yeah and it's it's you know speaking of of him you know and it sometimes you see these these folks at conventions and you're like Wow, you're way shorter than I thought. Tony Danza is like five three. Oh, really? That dude's uh, one guy you wouldn't expect to be like really short, but he is. Danny Trejo. Oh, Danny really? Trejo, like every movie you you make it seem like he's like six five. He's like this huge dude. Nah, he's like five five. Yeah. Like not a very tall dude. That's that's like one of the interesting things about like seeing celebrities in person. It's like you get to kind of see it, the how big they are and stuff. Perspective, like Momoa, for instance. Like, yeah, he's tall. I think he's like six three or four or something like that. But he's not as like giant, massive, huge as you. No. Would think. He's very slender. I mean, he's cut obviously because yeah, he works out. Like, but, <laughs> yeah, he's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger huge. Like it kind of looks in the movies. So, it, I mean, it's just kind of neat to see that. I guess. You know who's on the opposite end of that spectrum? Like a guy that you wouldn't expect to be like six four, Bill Murray. Oh, really? That dude is so tall. That would bum me out. I think if I met Bill Murray and he was just towering over me, I'd be like, "Oh, Bob." No, he's he's that dude is like one of the coolest guys you will you will ever meet if you ever get the chance to meet him. He's like he's super chill and like like I have a bunch of stuff signed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's uh that'd be a good one. Right there. Here we, yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, got that. Oh, oh, he even personalized this one for me. Awesome. Yeah, like he's 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 one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um yeah, so you've also got uh the Tour Gaming Expo in Columbus, Ohio on the twenty fifth of September. Yeah, so- that should be pretty cool, I think. Don't quote me on this, but I think they like sold out of VIP tickets already or something like that. So that's I was like pretty impressed when I saw that. I was like, ah, sweet. I hope it's uh hope it's good. My buddy Sean Forney will be at that one too, I believe. Uh, okay. Another good uh, comic guy. So you've got, uh, that. you've got three other ones uh, listed on the the, the Cutthroat Comics website. You've got the October Halloween Comic Fest uh, that doesn't have a date yet. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going on or not. I'll find out this Saturday. Uh, I probably, if I do an event for that, it'll probably be at Flying Monkey Comics in uh, Delaware, Ohio. That'd be my guess, um, but I don't even know if they're doing it or not. I'm, I'm sure they probably are. Yeah, and you know, there's a bunch, uh, especially in Massachusetts, that are trying to pop up, and um, like there's one that uh, my wife and I are going to, and we have you know several several friends that are going to be there as well as uh, vendors. Um, it's called Monster Expo, and it's the seventeenth, uh, 16th and 17th of October. And 
it's uh it's looking it's it's a small con but it's like you know they're they're uh you know they're trying to you know get a foothold because there is there's really no horror cons in massachusetts anymore uh we had scare on a couple years ago um and they did a big thing because they were all like we want to give back to podcasters so they had podcast awards and uh, that was really cool. And like everybody who was nominated got like a free table. So we were like right at the entrance oh, nice. across from the uh, the photo booth, like the, the professional photo booth area. So like people were coming in to get their pictures and here, you know, they're seeing our table that's right there. And it's like, oh, this is rad. Like, this is so cool. Um, we ended up winning an award, too. I was very excited about that. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so you've been you've been doing comics for quite some time, and like this is something that you've always, I, I assume, been passionate about is writing stories and like seeing them interpreted visually. Um, what were some of your favorite comics growing up? Um, I mean, I'm a '90s. Well, I mean, I was born in the '80s, but I'm also a '90s kid. So I was born in '82. So, uh, you know, when I was 10 years old, it was 92, which was like the height of X-Men, the animated series and Spider-Man and, and all that. So, I, I mean, I mostly read Marvel. Um, I don't, I don't know that I really had too many DC books, probably a couple, but yeah, mostly X-Men, Spider-Man, stuff like that. Uh, some Avengers, um, but, uh. And, and Stingray, for instance, I actually wrote Stingray for the first time in sixth grade uh, for like a little young authors contest and uh, didn't win. But I guess in the big picture, I did win because I'm the only one that's published out of my out of my class. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and that time also, that's when, uh, you know, 92, 93, because you're I, I, I'm a year older than you. Mm -hmm. uh, so 92, 93, that's around the time, you know, not only were the Chicago Bulls at the height of their power, but we were also getting some uh, pretty, pretty hardcore storylines. You know, we had the death of Robin uh, at, at the late 80s mm -hmm. and death of Superman was 92 and 93, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Spawn came out right around there somewhere. Uh, we had Batman getting his spine shattered by Bane around yeah. that, that time, like so Wolverine getting his claws ripped out. Oh yeah, by uh, that was I want to say ninety five four, uh, somewhere around there. I have I have that. I book. remember being in in eighth grade and my buddy brought the comic in and he's like, "Look at this!" I was like, "Holy shit!" Yep. Like that's that's intense. Yeah, he got all his adamantium ripped out through his pores by Magneto, and it's like, why didn't he do this? Like right day one, twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Like this is. It's not like you just found out about this and then they revealed that he has bone claws and it like blew everybody's minds. And yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was some that was some fun stuff. But that was also when Rob Liefeld was at the height of his powers and everybody had giant guns and pouches everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember being introduced to image comics around that time. Yep, because that and was pretty close to when they started somewhere those are uh, early to mid nineties. I don't remember exactly what year, but yeah. yeah, you know, and I never really, you know, back then I didn't understand the difference between Marvel, DC image, all that really. I mean, you know, I knew that Batman hung out with Superman and the X-Men and all them were a different camp. You know, I knew that, but you know, I didn't understand, you know, what image was, you know, or what an, even an image was. I didn't understand that turtle. I'm not even hundred percent sure. I knew that turtles was a comic book. You know, I, I probably did, but I don't remember going like, oh, it's a comic book. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever sought it out. Yeah, I don't remember ever even seeing because, you know, I never even really had a comic book store that I went to until probably I was an adult, I bet, when I started doing this. Hmm. There was one, I mean, it's it's still there, like, but, you know, there was one that we would go to. We collected uh, not so much comics, but like the different series of Marvel cards. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just I, looking at mine last night. Some of those are worth money now, apparently. Like they're starting to blow up a little bit. I have a whole like they're in a you know nice plastic card case, but like I have a whole shit ton of the the series two ones. Mm -hmm. Do you have the Stan Lee one where he's got the different faces? No, because I guess that's I don't know if that's the most expensive one, but that one uh, the con I was at a couple week, uh, weeks ago, I was 
thumbing through this guy's book and he had $125 on that one. And I have that one. I think it's gone down now, but still it's like, even if it's worth 20, 30 bucks, it's like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I had some of the, you know, I had the, the series one, the series two, then you had the series three, which, you know, series two had like the power rankings Mm -hmm. on the back. And then series three had like different power rankings. And then you had, like the Marvel masterpieces. Then you have oh, the, I like those the best. The masterpiece ones are sweet. I think yeah, I liked, I liked the, uh, I liked those, but I liked the X-Men series. That was all Jim Lee. Mm. Um, that one was pretty awesome. But yeah, like uh, we have, you know, the same comic book store that I would go to as a kid is still around. And, uh, you know, talking about early nineties and stuff that came, Deadpool premiered, uh, I want to say 91, 92, I think it was ninety-two. I think I, have, I could go look. I guess I have. I have a nine or a new means ninety-eight in the other room there. It might even be ninety. I, I think it was late. It was like October. When did Deadpool? Deadpool? I can't remember. Because cable was like ten months before that or something like that. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Nineteen eighty-three. No, that can't be right. New Mutants number 98, 1983. Yeah, that doesn't seem right to me either. It's New Mutants number 98, but I don't think it was 1983. No, it was definitely 90-something. Yeah, this says 1991. Yeah, that's what is it, like October? Yeah. Uh, I've looked at it a bunch of times. And this is February. February, okay. Yeah. So 1991. Okay. That's I, I knew it was somewhere in there. So yeah, we had like stuff that's impacting movies today, right? You know, coming out you know in the early nineties, um, which I thought was awesome. And you know, we and we weren't getting a ton of uh, comic book movies either. You know, we had just gotten we'd gotten Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. You know, obviously we had the uh, is that the canceled one? Yeah, I think uh, it's on YouTube. I've watched it. It's I mean it's. It's not good, but it's not like the worst thing ever. It's Roger Corman, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had the the Captain America movies, uh, Supergirl. We had the three Superman movies because I think Quest for Peace came out in 1994. Yeah, uh, that, that one's bad. That one is not good. I actually like Supergirl. I think a lo- I think a lot of people don't like that one. I thought it was all right. I thought it was okay. I mean, it was way better than Superman three when they're shooting missiles at him and like, yeah. they're controlling it like a video game. Those first two Superman movies are are awesome. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you had the two Keaton Batman. Both uh, good in my eyes. I agree. Um, well, let's see. What else did we have? We had all the uh, the. Here. I was gonna say the straight to to. Uh, the TV movies of the Hulk mm-hmm. and, Thor and Dr. Strange, right? Didn't they do three? Did they do a Dr. Strange movie or was he just in one of them? I know Thor was in the first one uh, and the second one was Daredevil, but he wasn't Daredevil. Uh, and John Reese Davies played uh, Wilson Fisk, but they didn't refer to him as the Kingpin. Okay. It's been, a, I've seen them. It's been a long, I probably watched them on TV when they came out. Yeah, and the, the third one was the death of the Incredible Hulk, which the the main love interest, the girl that was in it, was absolutely one hundred percent Black Widow, but at the same time, absolutely one hundred percent was not Black Widow. So they they probably were doing with uh, so like on the X Men TV show, they would throw the characters in the background and not say their name, I guess, in the script, mm-hmm. because uh, then they wouldn't get permission to use it because they'd have to pay royalties or something. I, I, I watched a documentary on I can't remember exactly how they explained it, but yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why you got all the cool characters in uh, the X-Men show, but they don't have any lines or say their name or anything. So they probably were trying to do that. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like, Oh, this is Matt Murdock and he's a blind lawyer. Who's also a superhero, but he's definitely not daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Thor is easy to use. Cause it's like, Oh no, we were talking about the Norse mythology. Thor. Yeah. We weren't talking about, you know, I feel like, uh, if I remember correctly, man, the guy that played Thor in those in that movie or whatever, that was like pretty cool. I think wasn't wasn't it like? Didn't he do a good job or something? I can't remember. Yeah. I remember no, I, thinking like oh, that's pretty awesome. He no, he he did a good job, and like they had like the cool fight scenes between you know mm-hmm. him and Lou Ferrigno. Um, 
and he kept referring to the Hulk as a troll that lives inside you. If I remember, <laughs> it, I haven't seen these in like thirty plus years, but well, and I think they used. Uh... I can't remember the guy's the character's name, but it was the guy that turned into Thor when he got the hammer. Donald Blake. Starts with an M or something. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I, I remember like Thor the God. It was the guy that found the hammer and was worthy or something. I can't remember. The 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 only one I remember is Donald Blake, and I remember they also referenced that in the first Thor film. Yeah, I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Oh no, Eric Masterson. Was That's it. Yeah, yeah. That didn't yeah. they use that? That's the guy from the the character from that movie i think it might have been because i think right around that time eric masterson was thor and that's when he thor had like the ponytail and the leather yep. jacket yep i think that's what they did because i remember a scene where he was like crawling up a mountain in the snow or something and he found the hammer and turned into thor or something yeah that seems that seems about right yeah, yeah it's they they had movies the those movies have come a long way since then i mean think about that you know in the in the early 90s we only had three star wars movies now there's like 11 right well there was the ewok movies too which were yeah, those yeah, nobody yeah I, I love them i love them myself so no then that's totally fine you know the the the, yeah. Christmas, the, the, the holiday special oh nobody counts yeah. that one either yeah no i mean are they are they great movies no but it's nostalgia and it's, it's oh wild. yeah Nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. <laughs> that is the, that is the uh, direct translation. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's I mean, Yeah, it makes sense because you think about it and you remember fondly. It's like, oh, man, oh, I'm not 12 anymore. And that's painful to think about a little bit. Yeah. Got to pay the phone bill here in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, you have bills now and it's like, oh, this is the worst. Why did I want to get older and grow up? Mm -hmm. So uh, I know we've been going for, you know, a little bit, you know, I've, I've been enjoying this conversation, but I know you also have a ton of stuff that you're doing. You're you're going to be on a bunch of other shows. Uh, what are some of the other shows that you're going to be in? Because you were on with uh, our buddy JB on Tales from the Podcast. Yeah, I'm doing Tales uh, tomorrow night. So I'll be on there. Yeah, this will be like the third or fourth time I've done that show. He and I met at that Monroe Pop Fest uh, a couple of years ago and uh, hit it off as friends and stuff. And uh, he's a good dude. He's really supported uh, what Cutthroat Comics is trying to do. And, uh, you know, he introduced me or I think I saw some ads in his show for Steve's show. And then I did Justin Cooper's. Uh, yeah, Coop's a great dude. Yeah, I did his show as well. And uh, got into that group. And I mean, it's like we were talking, man. I mean, it's, it's all networking, you know, yeah. everybody helping out each other and, and sharing, you know, like when you tag me in this, I share it. Hopefully people watch it and like your show and hopefully they follow you and, and hopefully the people listen, follow me. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. that's where we're at. You know, we're not, uh, we're not Mark Wahlberg just yet. I do have to, uh, to shout out Coop. Um, so for folks who are not familiar uh, I released a book last August called How Much Do You Tip an Exorcist? And uh, the art is all done by, you know, uh, our very good friend, Jeanette Andromeda. And apparently on Instagram, she was selling some of the uh, some of her art because she's an incredibly talented artist. And one of the uh, items she was selling was the original cover art for the book. And uh, Justin Cooper purchased it. And had it sent to me because he said that's something that I should have. Oh, and that's awesome! To make sure that I had it and no one else did. So that's really great. Yeah, Coop's Coop's an awesome guy. Uh, he was actually on one of our first episodes. Um, where we talked about uh, Booster Gold. Like that was over five years ago, I think, or close close to five years ago. So I've uh, I've known Coop for uh, quite a bit. And uh, now he's he's super good dude. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like that's, you know, I met uh, I forget how I met um, JB, but like I think it was, you know, through somebody else, you know, might have been through Raven Shadow or through Steve, you know, like this is how we meet people. You, you meet, go to meet people at cons, you strike up conversations and like you end up becoming friends. And, you know, I've got. uh 
the episode of Throwdown Thursday that dropped today has a Tales from the Podcast ad. Nice. It's a cool podcast. You know, he puts a lot of effort into it. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, he's, he's come a long way just in the couple years that I've, I've known him and stuff. He's, he's doing good. Yeah, we uh, we uh, we ended up um, we ended up on his show once. Uh, I forget what episode we did, but it was uh, one of the episodes of Tales from the Crypt where you know the this guy is uh, thinks his wife is cheating on him with his best friend, so he ends up killing him and killing her and it turns out that she was pregnant because they had been trying to get pregnant for years and like the reason they were like running around and being so secretive is because they were planning a surprise party to let him know that he was going to be a dad (laughs) and like he ends up like killing her and she's like trying to get into this room and like he opens the door and everyone's like surprise and he's got like his dead bloody wife in front of him and it's like oh that sucks i've actually seen that one I've, i've only seen a handful of tales you know and I've probably seen a lot of them from back in the day when it was on and stuff because mm. we had HBO. But uh, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it was, it was it was really good. Um, so we were we were fans of that one. Um, but yeah, so where where can folks uh, aside from CutthroatComics.com, where can folks follow you and find your uh, you know, your Kickstarter is also obviously on on there. But uh, where can folks follow you like social media wise and and find some of your work uh i mean you know we're on all, all of them for the most part we're not on tiktok i've been contemplating that though um snapchat is cutthroat comics facebook is cutthroat comics i mean pretty much just instagram's the only one that's kind of goofy because somebody stole cutthroat comics before i got there but it's cutthroat underscore comics you'll see the logo uh if you search it but yeah i mean we're we're on all those places and uh you know we have a monthly newsletter and I don't hound people. It's legitimately monthly. Even during this Kickstarter thing, I, I did it on like the fourth or fifth when, when the Kickstarter started. I'm going to do it on probably the first of September. That way it's technically in September because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, emails get annoying, especially if you're getting badgered by the same thing all the time. So, um, so that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, in Kickstarter, you just go on there, type in Turkey Sharks. I mean, there's links all over our our social medias as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and I like your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, your, your call to action here, sign up for a monthly newsletter, unless you're lame and smelly, like, oh, <laughs> is, that what it says? is that on the website? That's what it says. That, you know, if you haven't signed up for it, that's, that's legitimately going to be the only reason why. So, yeah. Um, I myself, I'm going to sign up. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll have to remember to check it. I actually, I sometimes forget to check on there because usually it's just at cons. We have a, a little thing people fill out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I right. think a lot of people sign up for it. It's pretty cool. Monthly is also, um, you know, because doing stuff weekly, like, you know, I do multiple, po- like I had to step away from doing, I was doing a show almost every day of the week. Mm-hmm. you know plus working so it's just like no 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 i can't i can't do this like i want to write i need to watch movies for you know podcast research i need to do all this stuff you know i couldn't do a a, a weekly <laughs> newsletter so uh, yeah a lot of people don't realize just just doing your social medias takes time and effort and energy it's i mean it's i can tell you right now you know the, the kickstarter what's today thursday so it's been running for eight days I've post, you know, and I usually post once or twice a day, like on my Facebook, at least like I'll tell a joke or here's what I'm thinking about or, mm-hmm. or don't do drugs, kids or whatever. But uh, you, just this week posting on all the social medias, I mean, I can definitely feel the uh, mental fatigue from having to do that. I mean, it's very time consuming, kind of just to think about how you're going to say it and all that. So, you know, it's just another thing people don't think about when you're an indie creator. Yeah, because you're doing everything yourself. So I want to thank you for uh, for joining. Uh, once again, this is Josh Nealis, uh, CEO of Cutthroat Comics. We'll have links in the show notes uh, for you know the 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 website, the Kickstarter, all that good stuff, so we can make sure that you know folks get as many eyes on this as possible. And uh, I'm hoping folks are uh, uh, excited for the return of Shark Bites because, like I said, it it's been about six months. We did do a quick little thing a few weeks ago in August, but uh, 
that ended up getting copyright struck and I had to fight. Okay. I actually beat Disney. I beat Disney oh, on nice. the copyright strike. Because we uh it was uh, me and my my buddy powerful Brandon and we uh we were riffing on movies and one of the movies that we were riffing on is uh it's called uh Backstroke of the West, the Third Gathers, which is actually just uh Revenge of the Sith translated into Chinese, then back to English. Um, and I won the, 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 the strike because they're like, you know, do you think this was an error? And it's like, yeah, because the movie that we were showing is available free on YouTube. So right. Doing anything wrong. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'll have to be back, uh, probably every other week with this, you know, probably not weekly, not quite yet. Um, but at least every other week, we've got a lot of uh, interviews and stuff coming up that we're, we're trying to work in. So uh, once again, Josh, thank you so much. And uh, you know, we're happy to have you as part of the community, you know, and it's funny, like it's such a small world, especially with the internet now that we all are able to, you know, we all know the same people, you know, JB and Coop and Steve, like, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know how that how that comes about. I mean, it's uh, I even have friends, you know, on my Facebook and stuff that I used to play like Xbox with, like Call of Duty and all that. It's just it's mm-hmm. weird. It's a uh, it's a strange world we live in. Yeah, and it just snuck up on you so gradually, like you don't even notice. Yeah, it doesn't even because like I'll be talking to somebody, I'll be like, yeah, my one buddy does this or that, and I'll be like, oh shit, you know, I've never even met that guy. Like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's. It's a, it's a weird thing, but yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. Um, yes. it's, yeah. uh, I love and, doing yeah. things. It's, it's fun to, you know, cause we've been Facebook friends for a couple of weeks now or something like that, you know, and it's, it's good to actually see what you look like for one, you know, cause it's, it's not like I went and took off my pants and stalked your pictures. I did, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, Actually, at one of the cons I did recently, I had done a podcast and this guy walked up and started talking to me. And for like 30 seconds I had, absolutely no clue who he was and i was like uh, i was like talking to him trying to figure it out and then it clicked you know when he said something i was like oh i did this dude's podcast not that long ago so it's uh putting putting a face to the to the name and all that it's it's yeah. cool and uh you know whenever you have new projects you know let us know we'll have you on you know we'll also talk about other stuff you know we also you know we like to have guests on for uh you know, if you if you've ever checked out some of the uh, episodes we've done live that are on our YouTube channel, like our uh, King Kong versus Godzilla episode, our our uh, our four hour uh, Justice League Snyder cut episode oh. that we did with like six guests. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun when we get a bunch of different uh, personalities on a bunch of different uh, points of view. Yeah, I'm totally down for that kind of stuff. You know, just like I said earlier, it's, it's, you know, I love talking about my work and all that, but you know, it's also just to shoot the shit. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's pretty much the, uh, the, the way that these, these episodes go. So, all right. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I will give you uh, some new shark facts and uh, give you, let you know what's coming down the pipeline for uh, future shows. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream.
ですね<笑> I'm Matthew I'm Jason I'm Matteo We're Majama The creators of Bad CGI Sharks And you're listening to the Shark Bites Podcast You're gonna need a bigger boat Alright Well that was a lot of fun um, I learned a lot, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, you know, as we tend to do, we went off the rails a little bit. But you know what? That's the name of the game around here. That's what uh, that's what I like to do. And you know, when you find something that you know your guest really enjoys and that you also really enjoy, you got some common ground. You know, that helps us get to know our guest a little bit better. And you know, so it doesn't seem like they're just up here trying to, you know, promote something or hawk their uh, their their latest work. I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, I have guests on because I want to promote what folks are doing because being creative is, you know, it can be a challenge, especially because, you know, there are so many folks out there who are very, very creative and, you know, they make, you know, these these works of art, you know, whether it's, you know, a, a podcast, a film, you know, painting, you know, any other type of, uh, you know, you know, kitschy, niche stuff that, you know, appeals to very specific audiences. And, you know, it's so often that those are the folks who get overlooked by their friends. You know, it's like, oh, did you see the new Kanye shoes that came out? Oh, they're ugly as fuck, but I'm going to buy them. Then it's like, hey, my friend just painted this uh, really awesome picture, and it's of my favorite movie. And but they want you know a hundred dollars for it, and I think they should just give it to me for free because they're my friend. And it's like no no no, you're willing to give some asshole that you've never seen that doesn't give a fuck about you, hundreds of dollars for something stupid, you know like those dumbass white t-shirts that Kanye put out, which are literally just white t-shirts proving that people will buy anything as long as there's a name attached to it, even though there was nothing indicating that it was. You know, his or anything like he probably just took a bunch of like Walmart T-shirts and said, hey, I'll bet people are dumb enough to buy this shit for two hundred dollars a piece, even though I paid, you know, 15 bucks for a six pack. And he was right. People did. But you won't buy something that was handcrafted by someone, you know, and you care about, you know, or you claim to be, you know, uh, they have an important part or uh, important place in your life. No, no, no. So I think it's very important that we we take the time to promote independent creators. I'm like, shit, you know, I, I, I do a podcast with Leo and Phil. That's all we do is promote independent creators, you know, folks that are putting out, you know, really great stuff, especially if you're the type of person that's going to complain that, you know, there's no original ideas anymore and Hollywood's boring because they just put out the same shit over and over again. There's too many remakes, reboots, you know, prequels, sequels, you know, and reimaginings of things. You know, you complain about it, but, you know, where you want to find this stuff, you know, if you're, you're looking for it. You claim you want to, you want to, you know, see it and experience, you know, whether it's reading, whether it, you know, books, movies, comics, uh, you know, TV shows. Like <laughs> these are these are where you're gonna find it. The independent creators, the folks who have the ability to put their vision, you know, you know, out into the world. Whether it's you know, like I said, you know, comics or 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 movies or paintings or you know whatever their vision happens to be, if they're able to do that, you know, that's where you should be putting your money. Those are the folks who need it. You know, like, I get that everybody enjoys the Disney stuff and you want to buy the new Baby Yoda dolls and you want to buy the new action figures that are coming out and, you know, everybody wants to cosplay as Loki. But, you know, why don't you, you know, look at what some of the stuff that your friends are creating and, you know, help bring some awareness to that. Like, I think that would be awesome. But uh, that's that's my rant for that. So, um, you know, obviously I, I've felt this way for a long time and, you know, being an independent creator myself, you know, between the podcasts and the books and everything, uh, I, I feel that pain, you know, like they're, uh, I, I've, I've written, you know, several books and I've, you know, been part of several anthologies and I bet if I went to my immediate family and asked them to name everything that I've done, uh, they might get one of the, you know, six or seven things. It's like, Hey, what's the, 
what's the last book I put out? What's the book before that? You know, do you have any, any, can you tell me like, what's your favorite short story I've written? And they wouldn't be able to say anything because nobody's read any of the shit that I've done. You know, they don't read my articles. So, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. So I understand where they're coming from, you know, and I think that's probably why I'm such an advocate for uh, folks to get their work out there and for, for everybody to help promote these independent creators. So that's enough about that. I'm sure I'll, I'll touch on this, you know, later and, uh, you know, I'll talk to folks and we'll, we'll definitely talk about this as well uh, down the road. But uh, I wanted to give you a new shark fact this week because this has been a while. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to do these episodes every couple of weeks uh, because I just I have so much stuff going on. You know, I'm actively trying to find a job. I don't know what my schedule is going to be. Hopefully I get something soon, but I don't know what my schedule is going to be. Um, so I don't, I, I can't commit to doing this every week like I used to, but every other week is totally fine. Um, but uh, new shark fact this week, I found this out the other day. Uh, I'm actually going to give you a double shark fact because I found this to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, sharks are older than the rings of Saturn. So there have been sharks around since before Saturn had rings, which I thought was absolutely like just mind blowing. Um, like <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Like that's, that to me is one of those things that, you know, when you think about time on a, on a geologic scale, like there's just so much, it just stretches forever. Uh, and after a while, the numbers are just so ludicrous that everything might as well be made up. So think about that. Like every, everything that you've ever seen or thought of when it comes to Saturn, Saturn always has rings. But sharks have been around since before Saturn had its fucking rings. Like, that's insane. Uh, the other uh, bonus shark fact that I want to give to you this week is fewer people are bitten by sharks than New Yorkers bite each other. So there are more people in New York bitten by other people in New York, New York City, not the whole state, just that New York City, then there are people who get bitten by sharks on the entire planet. Think about that. That's insane. So I want to thank you guys for listening. I'm going to have links for all of Josh's stuff in the show notes. So definitely check out his work. Um, as of uh, this specific recording, uh, they've hit 191% of the goal. So like stretch goals are getting uh, put into place. So I'm super pumped about that. I'm really excited. I'm glad that uh, Josh uh, has fully funded this because this sounds like a really cool project. And uh, just remember that I may be the podcaster, but as the listener, you are my chum. Have a great week, folks.